I'm Caroline. I'm Jason. Welcome to one more episode. In this episode, we get to the finale of Shining Girls in Under the Banner of Heaven. For Shining Girls, we have back with us our guest, Kate. Hello. Hello. Welcome to the podcast, One More Episode. Welcome to One More Episode. Tonight, we're here to talk about the finales of the two series we've been watching, Shining Girls and Under the Banner of Heaven. And we have a guest on tonight. Kate is back with us. Hello. To discuss Shining Girls. Welcome, Kate. (laughs) Welcome, Kate. Welcome back. I'm really glad to be back. Well, I wanted to ask you all, Jason and Kate, since we have you on, are there any series or shows that you have watched recently before we start talking about these series that you want to chat about? Kate and I just texted each other about a really bad movie on Netflix. It actually started out really good. It, it had some potential and it it just took, it was like they ran out of, they wrote the script in order and ran out of money and they were, <laughs> or they were, I don't know. It got really bad. I didn't finish it. I think I was like 20 minutes from the end and couldn't do it. Oh, can I tell you what happens at the end? Yes. Okay. Well, what's the name well, of I it? I guess we should talk about <laughs> Maybe I'll be like, guess this show based on the premise. <laughs> It's Disappearance at Clifton Hill. Oh, you all, I started it. And I couldn't even make it through. (laughs) I know. Like the first, like, I don't know. I was just like, done, can't do it. I made it further than I should have because I told Jason, (laughs) we were watching, I was watching it with my partner and he fell asleep, but he, was still like kind of half in it and I was like oh, I'm gonna turn this off and he's like no I'm still watching it but I realized the next day he's like yeah I don't remember saying that I was <laughs> so I watched for like 30 more minutes and I was like he's not even awake <laughs> uh, but it had it all it had creepy music it had like it kind of just like drew you in in the beginning and then I swear it's when you learned about those fucking tiger people well, it kind of that guy who was like the son of the industrial giant in the area. He was not a very good actor either. And so I think like that's when you started realizing like, oh, this script is not very good. And <laughs> he's pointing that out. Like maybe the other, like the woman who was the lead was a little better than the script was. And so she kind of was covering that. But yeah, then they started then there was the podcast guy so we're on a podcast they had a podcast guy yeah um creepy podcast guy yeah and then it just got it was like people say that about me i don't know how did it end you didn't <laughs> creepy something guy <laughs> how did it end no no but um i'm surprised it was so bad because the girl that was the leading actress um i forget her name but she's been in downton abbey and she was in since eight. She was like I said, she was better than the show script. Yeah. (laughs) Can I tell you what happens at the end? Yes, please. He's not dead. What? (laughs) The kid didn't die. So why were they like beating him up in the Charles the third actually got him out. That's why he had the pictures because he So that was a red herring. Like protective 
custody or something. Yeah. And so there was no real. Well, Abby um, it gets a job at a local hotel. And then this one-eyed guy with a patch comes in and is looking at the article of course um, of the paper and she he's like yeah he didn't kill that kid actually he saved his life and that's when it ends oh terrible <laughs> <laughs> you know what can i just complain for a minute the magician's performance that they showed was not even good like no they- I was like, is this like high school? Like, it was so bad. And they're supposed to be these like world famous magicians. And I was like, ooh, if I had paid money for that, I would have been like, back. I don't even know it's Niagara Falls, but still. Maybe it's the Canada side. Well, it was the Canada side. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bad magic. Yeah, well, I'm glad I didn't go any further. You, <laughs> oh, yeah. you all have really saved it's me from terrible. going back um to restart that one don't don't waste your time yeah. i did finish stranger things i really enjoyed that oh me too um, me too i tried to take it a little bit slower but i i enjoyed that that was a good watch oh good i haven't watched that one yet but i'm glad that you it. all enjoyed it yeah i actually watched over the weekend the obi-wan kenobi series we watched that as well how are you liking that one i like it i like the i mean with all of the Star Wars, I feel like they always are going to have a little bit more cheesy kid stuff in than is probably like, you know, my cup of tea. I'm not watching it with any children, but um, I do enjoy that that they're finally bringing Leia into it, and it's not all just Luke centric. So, and you know, you and McGregor is always good. I think. Yeah, I'm um, really surprised how. <clears throat> much I like him as Obi-Wan Kenobi I think it's so hard to step into an iconic role with someone but he he really seems like the younger version of Obi-Wan Kenobi um so I totally buy it um but yeah I'm really liking it too and I don't want to give too much away for those that have not watched it yet but I'm also I was a little surprised what the storyline is because, I mean, I think it's something that a lot of us that grew up with Star Wars can relate to and we want to find more, you know, out about it. So, yeah, I'm really enjoying this one, too. Well, are you all ready to talk about Shining Girls? Yes. Yes. So the finale aired. And what did you all think overall of the finale? It was what I thought would happen but I felt like everything was rushed. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was a little um, quick. Uh, Now, I will say that for me, this show's unusual in that I have really not read anything online about it. A lot of shows I'll go in and sort of see what the chatter is. I haven't read this book and I didn't really read any reviews or any, you know, sort of recaps or, you know, break it down what's the ending explained you know any threads that people were thinking so in some ways I think that was good I felt more like I was coming to this sort of unfettered a little bit you know it was just me and the show but um, I found it overall I was I was satisfied with it it just seemed like it had to wrap up a lot in one episode yes I thought it was I thought it would be longer 
um, than what it was, but I was satisfied with this ending. Um, I actually watched it, I think three times and I liked it better when I watched it again, um, compared to the first time where I think I was just like, wow, that was quick. Is it over? (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I, I did, um, like it overall. There's still a lot of question marks. Yes, there still are some question marks. So let's just talk about the episode and go through it a little bit. It begins by giving us a glimpse of how long ago the house has been vibrating or acting as a time portal and how you take ownership of the house. Is this what you all were thinking or did you have any thoughts about that prior to seeing this? in the finale? You know, I wasn't sure if it was the person or the house, but this confirmed that it was the house. And I actually liked that a lot because while I could see that being frustrating to some people that it kind of has this unanswered, like, you know, what's up with this crazy time portal house? I was okay with that. I'm like, and in some ways it's better that it's not I don't know. It's not someone's ability or weird, you know, psychic powers. It's the house. And, you know, you could argue whether or not the house picks people or finds the right person, but I was, I was cool with it. What about you, Jason? I still want to know why the house has its power. That's a question mark for me. Like, okay, you show up in like 1800 and this, guys hanging in there and the other guy takes over the power of the house but um yeah i mean that's interesting to me like why yeah it it seems to me as far as like who takes if you take ownership of the house then you can then time travel and it seems like the person before you right like they have to die or mm-hmm. something and you have to be the one to either find them and like mm-hmm. take them out or um yeah that person that you meet like ends up dying and then now you're the owner of the house that was kind of what i got from the finale of how that works right and does that mean you can never go back to your life like you are constantly time traveling like Kirby will never be able to go back to the newspaper and just be. Well, that's a big question mark for me as well. Um, I would think that you can decide not to live in the house and go back to the house and stay in your time period. Yeah, I didn't see anything that said you couldn't do that. It's just like, kind of, why would you want to? Because like, you know. I feel like time traveling is way more exciting than working. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I guess if you had some really fabulous job, maybe, but you know. Yeah. Well, that's a big question too, that I have for you all, because I thought about that a lot after the series ended. If, would you want to be able to time travel and go back in time or forward in time? And I thought about that a lot and I don't want to go forward into in time is what I decided because I don't want to know what the future holds for me. 
when you open the door and the planet's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's gone. <laughs> it's it looks like Mars. Right. It's, yeah. And I think just personally, like I think of some of the things that have happened in my life. And like if I would have known what was coming, <laughs> I don't know right. if I wanted to. Like, I think I would have been like, uh-uh, nope. That's <laughs> I'm not going any further, you know. So I think just that part of it, I, I think it's cool, but like maybe going back to a time that you remember that you would want to relive again. And just like, I think about some memories in childhood that, you know, wouldn't it be cool to go back to like 1984 and hang out, you know, wherever. But then besides that, I don't think I would want to do it. What do you all think? I think it would be cool to go back and like change your life. You know what I mean? Like point yourself in the direction of, Hey, I want to be a famous actress or, um, you know, buy some, some Bitcoin. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like five years ago, <laughs> yeah. buy Bitcoin or whenever it started. Yeah. 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 I can see that. I mean, I think if anything, going back, um, now I would probably take more risks than I did when I was younger and not be as afraid. Well, if I do this, you know, then this could happen. So I think I'll just like not do that and like play it safe. Like knowing what I know now, I think I definitely would take a risk. Well, I mean, you could go back and change somebody's will so that you get a little money to like <laughs> give you a push towards that goal. Right. <laughs> Couldn't you just rob a bank and then run in the house and come out another day? Like, doesn't that work? Yeah. I think that would be a thing to have be able yeah. to happen. Um, I don't know. I think I would do, like, I'm not really super interested in going back to, like, my own life because that's cringeworthy enough. Like, we don't need to relive that. Um, I am curious, like, if you could just, like, if you didn't have to, like, stay there, if it was just, like, a day, it would be cool to go to, like, you know, Woodstock or go to big major events like let's go watch you know this happen or go to I don't know like also going really far back like could you go to like the 1800s see mm. what, you know mm-hmm. things were like um like, who yep. built the pyramids right I don't know if you can like <laughs> transport to a different co- I think you come out like in Chicago <laughs> right oh yeah. wow right yeah because it was didn't they always they were in Chicago and it felt like they were always in Chicago yeah. right like during time essentially right. yeah they were always there um <clears throat> but yeah I don't know that I I mean I, I'm not I don't know maybe I would just go to a different concert <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> get my bitcoin and you know go to a show That's and get your get your merch and bring it back to the house so you can wear it at another concert and be oh like, my god what? what if you wore a future concert in the past right. like who's Coldplay <laughs> <laughs> what is this Madonna person <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well and just looking at this episode um some of the things that happen is um near the beginning of the episode Kirby discovers that Dan who was one of my favorite main characters. Oh, I know. This is the best thing about the ending. <laughs> right? Yeah, he he is dead and he's been killed by the serial killer Harper. And um, Jenny, who 
has also played a big part in the show who Jason and I always talk about <laughs> the person that works at the observatory or the planetarium, whatever it is. Um, she is, you know, in different clothing and now she's like a student again and she's living back at her old apartment and is a medical technician. Um, and I guess what kind of struck me when these things were happening um, and they unfold throughout the episode is just how interconnected. I think one of the themes of the show is how interconnected we all are. And like, to me, when I think about it, I wouldn't think that the changes would be that dramatic for someone's life. For example, okay, Dan is killed. Well, how would that affect Jenny's like, trajectory that much, right? Like, I think it would be a more subtle change, but then thinking about it, since we all are interconnected, just how one decision, like, let's say choosing to go to college in a certain city can change so many things about the direction of of your life, like where you live, who you may marry, right? Who you may live with, what career you may go. And so it's just, it's kind of like, yeah, you know, we all are interconnected and one sort of change in the timeline can really change so many people's lives. Any thoughts on that? I would not. So I have a different interpretation. Like I didn't necessarily see Dan's death as connected to Jenny but I saw it more as like what Jenny told um Kirby about string theory and like how mm-hmm. the more you know disrupt like once once uh, Kirby survived then it wasn't just Harper who was off track mm-hmm. in the scheme of whatever the universal timeline or whatever and so then once Kirby intervened and saved, um, you know, when she, and, and Dan, and once they uncovered Harper and they went to her and, you know, basically made her aware and saved her, then there were two of them in addition to Harper who were off of the timeline. And so mm-hmm. to me, it was sort of saying that those changes, I think it's difficult to say what was if there anything was the first it was sort of like a, a ripple that went in and out so you know that's like why Kirby kept changing continuously and and mm-hmm. why things kept changing and I saw Dan as just one part of those waves back and forth through time well I also think that her death actually occurring and then not occurring and then Dan dying really threw that one for a loop which sure. made hers the most drastic of all of the changes. I think Jenny also talks about that theory again, like they, she brings that up in this episode about, which I think she did in the last episode or the one before that about how they're all like connected through a visible string, right? And that, um, like she said something like, like we're connected and so we have to, like the three of us, like, essentially if we kill Harper, then maybe it'll throw us off the string as well. So like, we'll be out of this threesome, if you will, like of Mm -hmm. of how they're all interacting. And yeah, I guess, yeah, it was just, um, yeah, (laughs) it was just like, (laughs) yeah, I think it's just, it's, it's difficult, but then I can see it just with, I mean, I think just with, um, 
like decisions that you make in your life, how like, again, one decision can really set the trajectory for like where you go and end up. I mean, Jason, for example, if your parents hadn't moved, then would I have right. met you? Mm-hmm. But let me throw out this craziness. So then I had a, a thought that either maybe it all had already happened or was supposed to happen that way because uh, Kirby's dog shows up at the house before Kirby is the house owner. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, oh, Ker- like once Kirby took care of Harper, I was like, oh, was that, did that happen? Cause it's always been that Kirby was going to, and you know, Harper right. could never go back past that certain day. He told, I forget her name, the mm. other woman that mm-hmm. he was like, I don't know why. And I'm like, well, that has to be when he died. Right. And so it was maybe always going to happen that way. And I don't want to say I'm very careful about saying, not saying it was meant to happen, just saying it was always going to happen. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the series Dark, Kate? I watched the first season and then it was so long before the second <laughs> season that I got so confused when I tried to, I need to go back and like just watch all of it at one time because I forgot like who everyone was. It's, it's similar because they're all trying to change this path of people dying or the nuclear power plant blowing up that it, it just really creates this whole ripple yeah, it's very similar to um, to uh, the Shining Girls time travel. Yeah, time travel is always problematic, right? As a <laughs> plot device, as a concept, and those are questions like that everybody has. Like, you know, if you went back in time and shot your grandfather, would you know you disappear because you never been born? And right, like Marty and Doc, like he disappears from the pictures. Right. I always consult back to the future because that's that's a great way to look at everything. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's also difficult in like a visual uh, like media with like TV or a movie versus a book, right? Where I haven't read this book, but I'm wondering what the book is like talking about these concepts and time, you know, travel and things like that. Um, Because I just think visually like it could it can look really cheesy if Right. Like, I think they did a, a, I think it was well done as far as like how, you know, you just like opened the door and walked and then right. you're just in another time. But I, I do think it's difficult for the audience to kind of follow when it's visual versus like a book and narrative. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that's why, like, to totally digress, but I, that's why I think a lot of Stephen King doesn't translate. To movies and tv when they've tried to because he gets really you know into feelings and emotions and mm-hmm. you know somewhat metaphysical stuff too and it just doesn't come across the same way on the screen for a lot of his stuff so i think it's i agree i mean i think maybe i'll take a look at this book and try to you know give it a read it's always hard when you do both because you're constantly comparing but right so we, we see in the series that Kirby, um, kills Harper in the house. And then, um, what I would call goes on, I don't know. I kind of thought of this as a revenge tour for Kirby. Because she's like, I agree. Yeah. Right. She's like, like, I'm getting all these women. We are going to get like, 
know? Yeah. And just like you up. (laughs) Right. And you see him being set up. So I think as an audience, there is some gratification in that of like seeing him essentially go through some of the things yeah that, that she, she did went through. exactly when he's like and you know it takes his identity away from him right when he doesn't have the uniform on now he's the one out of step from time right right um we learned a little bit about him too I think she mentioned something about him being an orphan and um, I don't know says something to him about you know the nuns didn't even want you or something and you thought the world owed you something and So you thought you could take whatever you wanted. Um, I guess, you know, my question there is, um, do you think she'll continue to torture him (laughs) through time? Or do you think, you know, the series kind of ended and she was on the couch. And I think um, Jenny was giving a speech where she said something, again, it was like on space and time. And she talked about the stars and said something about, you know, what's next Um, and so I guess I was just thinking, do you think she'll continue to torture Harper through time or do you think she's satisfied? I think she looks satisfied. And I think, you know, she went and met Dan and I think even though they didn't show it, I think she gave him the address of the house. Mm. Not to like inherit it from her, but to like meet her there. Like her. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was her, I feel like she she would be looking forward and like she's taken care of Harper she's set the other women back on the right path and now she's ready she's got her dog you know (laughs) she's ready to sort of be in the now like she I don't know I felt like she belonged there again like was it always supposed to happen that way right um but it felt like she was that's why I felt like even though the ending, and I probably should go back and watch it again, even though it felt rushed, it felt um, resolved. I still have a question mark of how he met all of the girls. Was it at the bar? I think he did meet some at the bar, but um, his friend Leo was at that VA house. And that's how how the social worker- Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we know that's how it, I'm assuming he met her. So let's assume, do we assume that, what was her name? Again, apologies to this actress who was the woman from the, the original woman. Clara. Oh, Clara. Um, Clara. Clara. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Clara was, she kind of stood out, right? And she was exceptional. And so I feel like he kind of, if that was his first murder, he kind of was repeating, like whenever he would encounter a woman who, um, I guess that's the shining girls, right? They're, Mm -hmm. they're exceptional. And he just took uh, offense to that or whatever. He's a, he's a a really terrible, terrible person. There wasn't really much Uh, redeeming about him I think it was interesting that you know they could have made him slightly sympathetic but by putting in that bit about his stealing the guy's gas mask I mean that makes it pretty clear that he's a crud ball right (laughs) right yeah and I think that's why it was gratifying at the end to watch her um 
torture him through time because yeah, he really didn't have any redeemable qualities um, at all, really. No, none. Yeah. I mean, I think we talked about this in one of our podcasts that it seems like he was interested in these women and they all sort of like didn't really. Yeah. I mean, we don't, we really only know, I guess, about Kirby and Clara, but our, I guess our theory was, yeah, like they shut him down. And you know, well, well, he, he was going back. And now that I think about it, once he found them, he, I mean, he went back to Kirby, right. And gave her that Pegasus as a child. So he is like super stalking. Mm-hmm. I guess he's like bored. Like, so if you could time travel, what you choose to do is to stalk women. That's so gross. Yeah. He was a big creeper. And I think just creeping on other people to like break in and steal their things to sell a life of his own he was just yeah he i mean he he creeped out in dan's place like he he wasn't able to have uh an identity or a life like yeah he was the ultimate creeper when it did show him um in one of the earlier episodes it may have even been the first one where he did hit on julia like downstairs when he was leaving the VA home and she was like oh my god you're a creeper like get away you know what I mean and and that's probably what what started it um like I said for all the women so I just wonder if he if he went through time and like killed these women over and over again well he kind of says yeah I think so because he's there's comments where it says like, you always do this or this always happens, right? You're Mm -hmm. always here. You always say no or whatever. Like, I mean, he's Mm -hmm. clearly repeated these. I mean, again, think about when you have the power to go to any day, you choose to do this over and over again. Like that's sad. Well, and all the Polaroids, because it's like stuff that happened after the fact that he kept and then went back to that moment. Right. And left the Polaroid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I think with Clara, they, um, that scene, I think he says to her, um, the scene where he kills her that, you know, yes, this happens. And like, usually I kind of like get further with you or something like, yeah, you always kind of like reject me, but then essentially I keep coming and doing this like over and over. And so now I'm going to kill you because yeah, right. this time you get killed. <laughs> well, it's really is probably only contact with like people and women and intimacy, if that makes sense. So maybe that's why he goes back to it as well. Maybe you should have aimed lower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and he yeah, kills his, his best friend. Not in this episode. I know, I know. He's like, he kills his, yeah, his, essentially his only friend. He, he kills him in this Mm. final episode and, you know, because he won't give him a tape back and it's like, I mean, that's just brutal. Right. When all he wants to do is go back home. Right. Right. Poor Leo. I know. But it's a good thing he stole the tape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Any other thoughts on Shining Girls before we wrap this up? Um, 
uh what's her face Kirby um her name just flew out of my head Elizabeth Moss yes Elizabeth Moss was so good in that role like I especially appreciated that they didn't try to like glam her up she was also cracking me up though sometimes because it was I felt like she played it very realistically to how someone who had been this had been happening to for a long time like when she finds out she's married and like she would just not call her spouse and just because she doesn't she's like I don't I don't, this me doesn't love you. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like she didn't try to like, she got past the point of like, I'm not even faking this. Like, you know, I just want to figure out about this guy and I like everything else be damned, you know? And I kind of mm-hmm. appreciated that. Um, they didn't try to like force some romance, you know, into the story. Um, and I liked that it was, she was just, you know, very, um, focused in purpose which I think you would be if that was you right mm-hmm. yeah um she had a lot of different hairstyles um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she definitely you know from so did her mom <laughs> yeah, yeah um just from being in the hands handmaid's tale I mean I don't think anyone does like a stare at the camera any better than Elizabeth Moss. Yeah, she oh really, yeah. <laughs> like she plays a mess up girl very well. <laughs> yeah, she is not afraid of just staring right at the camera. Yeah. Um but yeah, I agree. Um yeah, I mean for the first couple episodes Jason and I were trying to figure out the relationship with her husband. We're like what is happening like this sh- I think Jason, you even thought there might be something up with her husband. Like he was right. I was like, is he a part of this? (laughs) I'm thinking so. She just is like not really married. Yeah, she has no recollection. Right. Which I think is what, yeah, it, you know, just yeah, the concept of this time travel and things not happening or happening and going back and forth uh was a little confusing, just in you know, being an you know, watching it of like, okay, what is happening? Let well, me wrap my mind question. around this. Yeah. I mean, you have to trust a show, right? Because there are right. some shows that try to do these, you know, they drag this out like too long. You got to give the audience something sprinkled in there to make them want to follow you and to, to say, I'm okay with a certain amount of not knowing. Right. right. And that I'm just going to, it's like a trust fall. Like I'm going to, not know who who these people are what their relationships are if if she's hallucinating or not that there's something sci-fi or not and they did I think a good job of giving you enough nuggets every episode that you weren't like you know I mean I always think about the the overarching conspiracy of the x-files and how that got totally away from them right like going with this at the end of the day so you know and when a show can like yeah i want to i want to watch more to know who these people are and what these relationships are and what's happening and when it gives me enough each episode that i feel not frustrated you know i think Mm -hmm. that's a good thing but it's hard it's hard with these sort of mysteries to not you know i mean it's why so many people were upset with the show the killing which you still need to watch the first (laughs) season people were just irate about how it ended like i mean just angry 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 and you know 
again, it's that you got to give some something to the viewers. Yeah, I wanted just a little bit more help from the main characters, just a little bit more dialogue. Like, I think I just needed, I just wanted a little bit more before this finale. I think la- the last episode, Jason and I were just like, we don't want to be disappointed. They're going to have to do a lot in this last episode because we we watched like a lot of series that were right. like disappointed in the finale. So we were just mm-hmm. hoping this would live <laughs> up to, you know, because it was a series that every Friday, whether we were doing the podcast about it or not, I was like looking forward to watch this episode. But I think that's out. a good thing. Even if you felt like you wanted more, like at least it was giving you, I mean, it was keeping your interest and right and getting you to feel like they were going to give you something in the next episode like if that had happened like three episodes in a row where you just were like I don't understand what is happening at all I think people you know and I do think there were some people that it didn't resonate with probably because of that but um you know I, I think they did a good job overall was it like the best show I've ever seen ever no but I enjoyed it any I'm other satisfied. thoughts, Jason? Oh, go ahead. No, I'm satisfied. Well, good. I'm, I'm <laughs> <satisfied>. <laughs> Is that your, your rating? It, it was like a satisfying. Snickers bar. It was pretty satisfying. Yeah. Was <laughs> it know, cheesecake? I, no. <laughs> right, right. But it was it was a good series to watch that had a satisfying ending that, yeah, like I would I would recommend it to someone. I agree with you, although it wasn't, you know, like, my favorite series that I've watched where it was like it wasn't a mare of East town to me like right oh yeah. exactly I would agree for sure well thanks Kate for joining us to talk about this finale episode thanks Thank for having you. me I hope there's something good that comes out again in the future that we can um find the time to chat about well we talked about the new one with claire james is anybody watching that oh serpent of essex yes Yes. i'm a little behind oh we haven't started so well i've tried her outfits are gorgeous (laughs) i love the costumes (laughs) yes i love the costumes like what they put her in she should just wear that all the time yes i just i've tried numerous times Oh, it's not what okay. I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like this forbidden oh. romance that I'm just like, wah, I wah. wanted more gothic <laughs> mystery and less gothic romance, you know, oh. maybe, maybe it'll turn around, but it's kind of my Well, let us know. Yeah. Let us know. And then <laughs> come back on and, and we can chat. It'll about be it. like uh, the disappearance at Clifton Hill. Like, yeah, oh. if there's some tiger <laughs> magicians that show up, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> just that's a general rule of thumb to everybody just out there right you know, any tiger, tiger king tiger thing you want to put in there magicians no. and tigers you just turn that off you walk away and you find something else to do with your time <laughs> all right guys all right talk Kate. To you later. Bye. okay bye. bye all right well are you ready to talk about under the banner of heaven i am Woo, this family, it just gets worse, right? Yes, listen, this finale, I was impressed by it. It was good. It was good, right? It was it was uh-huh. a solid finale, um, which I think we knew, we thought that, you know, this series would end strong. Um, mm-hmm. And 
It really did. Um, it was intense for sure. I mean, yeah, I felt like it was an episode where you were sort of like on the edge of your couch, like just Mm -hmm. like, if you didn't know what happened in real life, absolutely. You're on the edge of your couch, which I didn't, I didn't look, I was like, Kate, I didn't look up anything online. I didn't read the book. You know what I mean? So it was like, oh my God. Well, and and here's the thing too, when you think about this series, we already know the ending essentially that they killed this woman and her baby, right? Like we see mm-hmm. that at the very beginning. So we know what happened. And so again, the ending, yes, there's things we didn't know, right? About like who did it or, or, or how they got caught or um, even how exactly the murder happened. But we already went into it knowing like here, here's this, you know, mm-hmm. storyline essentially. So, I mean, even with that, I felt like it was a really good sort of like edge of your seat. It kept like, the intensity, even though you knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We start off in this episode and we learn that um, we see Dan and Ronnie, these two crazy brothers, um, and they learned that the Lowe's gave Diana money to leave and that Brenda planned it all. And so we really see like, why did they go after Brenda? And so mm-hmm. we see that here at the beginning of the episode. And so they really begin their trek. They essentially have a removal list of who they're going to take out, right? <laughs> like who's standing in their way. So we also see that they have two guys with them as they like begin this trek um, in a vehicle. Chip and Ricky, I think, are their names. Who aren't even LSD. They're like. Or LDS. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> right? <No. laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> right. Yeah. My question to you who are these guys? Did it really? They're LSD. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, like it says that they're atheists, like later on in the episode. And so it's like, well, did they just kind of hook up with these guys? Like, I don't really recall, like, how they hooked up with them. Yeah, how did they hook up with them? Yeah. Yeah. Other than they were like at a casino and I guess maybe, I don't know, like... Maybe they made some bad bets together. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember. <laughs> but anyway, they bring them along. It's so it's Dan, Ron, and these two guys in the back seat. Um, they visit with another brother to ask for a hunting rifle. Um, and I think the brother says, What are you hunting for? And they say, Anything that gets in our way. Right. It's Robin, uh, right? The brother Robin. Was it Robin? Yes. Yeah. I think it was. Um, and so we see then that they go to Brenda's house and Ron knocks on the door so she, and she doesn't answer. So he drives away and Dan is like, you know, well, maybe now it's my turn to sit next uh, or to set the Heavenly Father's church back in order. And mm-hmm. so um, they turn around and we actually see, I mean, this was an intense scene we see what they did to Brenda, um, which I was a little surprised that 
you know, that I don't know. I didn't know if we were going to get to see this or not. Right. Like how graphic it would be. Man, it was brutal. Mm -hmm. You know, what I did like about this scene, though, is Brenda has a few things that she says to Mm -hmm. Dan and Ronnie. And I I can't recall the exact things that she says, but it sounds like it's from a scripture or something. Yeah, basically she's telling them they're going to burn in hell. Like, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. But it was very poetic and it was like, yeah, like basically I'll be whole again and mm-hmm. you two are like going down, you know? Or you're like, yeah, like you'll be stuck in the darkness forever kind of mm-hmm. thing. We also learn that Dan is the one that actually killed Brenda and her baby. Yeah. Yeah, Dan's been crazy this whole time. So it didn't right. surprise me that it was actually Dan who Oh no, yeah. Strangled He's her. Like, mm-hmm. We then learned that they actually went to that family that they called the Lowe's home to like take them out too, but nobody was home. And they and they went somewhere else. And um they missed a turn or something and that's when like dan or one of them was like maybe we should stop killing maybe god right like, what? <laughs> right this is a sign <laughs> right like let's not do this and so yeah. then they really set out to find diana that was the part of the show that i loved is watching her get out yeah oh and and the way she went off on everybody at the gas station one of the best scenes yes shame on you exactly diana really came into her own in this episode um and yes we see that she has left and i think she went to florida Mm -hmm. to hide out with her children and um jeb ends up having some detectives in florida like do some welfare checks and they end up finding her and um taking them to a safe house and she didn't know that Brenda had died. And when she finds out, I mean, she just loses it. Um, Mm. And I think that's what ends up sort of pushing her to like, like essentially coming into her own and she decides to leave and go back to Utah. Mm. And this is my question to you and sort of where I had like some issues like with this storyline or this person in the story she goes back to Dan's parents' house and she finds Matilda, Dan's wife. Yes. And she's like, come with me. And that's when I'm like, okay, I get, I get it. But you know, Matilda's the one that told Dan and Ron that Brenda planned this all and essentially got Brenda killed i mean verified confirmed like diana left and like brenda planned it right and she's the one who basically stopped paying the taxes yeah started the whole thing yeah right so it's like you're saving matilda like right. i don't know i was just like you might want to think about this for a <laughs> second. you know what the, you know what she's done because like, I just, I don't know. I just didn't trust Matilda at that point. You know, I'm kind of surprised she went with her, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But I think because she said something about you can like see your children again, 
like mm-hmm. Dan is lying to you or whatever, like you can see them. Uh, you know, it seems like kids are always a thing that like pulls somebody out, right? Of like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they can make a decision. I got to see my kids. I got to do it for right. my kids. So I'm in a cult, but I got to go see my kids. Yeah. Right. Right. So yeah, they, they end up leaving. And like you said, they go to that gas station and Macaulay Culkin's little brother is there. And Ooh, he's crazy, isn't he? Yeah, and tries to take Matilda with him mm-hmm. and his wife, and Diana's just like, "Well, his wife thought about leaving for a minute. You could tell she was getting ready to get out of that car. She was. She was. And I wonder if that happened in real life. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Matilda runs back to Diana, and so um, they end up leaving together." Something else that happens in this episode is we we see Jeb and Bill. Um, there there's some dialogue between them and some scenes where you know they're really challenging each other about faith and non-faith, right? And you know, Jeb is sort of, you know, talking about his beliefs and um Bill is like you know, quit, quit talking about your faith and like, look at the facts, you know, like here's the knife, like here's the facts, like, right. Those guys didn't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they're atheists, like newsflash, (laughs) because you're an atheist, it doesn't mean that you're a liar. Right. Right. Um, cause I think even Jeb says something to him at one point about, you know, how do you live without a moral compass? And he's like rude. Yeah. And you can have a compass and not be a person of faith. So it's like, you know, it just really showed this like discrepancy between like Jeb of faith and then someone who obviously Bill's been through a lot and has like been in different faiths or Mm non-faiths or whatever. And so here's where he is in his life. Well, and I think it shows like when you're a part of a big, large group like Mormonism with, you know, brick and mortar buildings and you have Bill who is really spiritual, you know what I mean? Like, and like you said, he's, he's been involved in a lot of faith. So he, he could go down any road he wanted to, but he's just a spiritual dude. And Jeb is like judging him because he's not a part of this brick and mortar, like larger organization. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I have issues with that. Yeah. When, when he said that, I was like, God, you're rude. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's just, you know, what you find sometimes where people, you know, not a specific faith, but just, you know, people of faith sometimes can be very self-righteous and Mm -hmm. they think they know what the answer is. And if you don't, or you're not a part of that faith or you don't agree with that, then it's, you know, some people choose, like, I can't be around you if you don't believe what I believe. And they're just very like strict with that mindset. And it's really kind of mind blowing when, you know, like when I saw this, I'm like, Jeb, have you not learned anything by this point? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, right. God led me to this knife. No, the two atheists did. Right. <laughs> right. 
Yes. But on that note, I will say that, you know, Bill really tells him sort of that, you know, old saying that, you know, what you need to know is like in your gut, like trust your gut instincts, kind of like the whole like Wizard of Oz, right? Like you, you've always known what the answer is. You just needed to like learn that for yourself that you know the answer or whatever. And, you know, actually Jeb ends up following his gut saying, well, here's what I think. Like, again, looking at my beliefs and my faith, this is what I think Ron and Dan are going to do. There can only be Mm -hmm. one leader. And so if they're still together, there's going to be this fight in between them where Mm -hmm. there's only one true leader. And so one of them is going to kill the other one. Right. So essentially he did use his faith, I would say, and his gut to like figure out where he thought they would be. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, definitely these two detectives, I think challenging each other. And I think Jeb, more than Bill sort of questioning his own faith and what he believes um, during this episode. And then you get to the part where they're in the bathroom and then um, Ron is like, you know, Dan, (laughs) God spoke to me and um, I got to kill you. I mean, and you know, Dan is like, well, you know, Ron, maybe we should pray about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so Dan starts to pray and ask for guidance. And Ron decides to just take off his belt and strangle him with <laughs> right. the belt. And yeah, you're just, you're watching these two brothers and just, you know, thinking about where they started from and where they've ended up at this point and just how their right. lives have just really just unraveled, right? Because of their faith or what they call their faith, you know? And so, yeah, it's a pretty intense, like, ending scene with them and Jeb and some other detectives. I think even the FBI gets called. Um, They end up, Jeb breaks in the door and actually stops him from killing Mm -hmm. Dan. You know what's in Dan and Ron's gut? There's like Sour Patch Kids, (laughs) um, a little bit of Funyuns. Like, yeah, you don't trust that. What was really funny to me too is like, so they're being taken out of the casino and Dan is still like spewing like stuff to the crowd out there. It's like, he's been like cuffed and taking in like, you know, like still, do you really think I did anything wrong? They accused Abraham. I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like delusional. Yeah. Just delusional. So at the end, um, so we see they're taken away, which I think, you know, as part of the audience, that makes you feel good that like, okay, these guys were caught, they were taken in. I would love to know actually like what happened to these two. Are they still serving time? I mean, um, you know, where are they now? Right. And like, what happened to this entire family? Like, I would like to know like where all the members of the family are at this point. Mm -hmm. 
But at the end, we do see, you know, Bill and Jeb um, have a moment together, I would say, before, you know, they separate. Um, and just talking about, um, you know, Bill talks about some of the traditions of his family and how he still says like a certain like scripture or like him or something um, and how it reminds him of home. And even if you don't still necessarily believe in the essence of what you're saying, right? Like it still reminds you of home and he mm -hmm. likes to say it every now and again and that everybody needs a home, um, which then sends Jim Jeb back to his family. And um, I think at least you feel some that Jeb is settled somewhat with like really appreciating his family and that that's his home um, and maybe still questioning his faith, but, you know, putting, you know, his faith in his family. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it had a, a like a, a nice ending, even though it was like, oh, there is a lot of stuff going on in this series and a lot of like really horrible and just kind of grotesque things that you had to see. Um, yeah, I, I, I did think that when it was over, you did feel like settled and still like sort of a bittersweet ending to the series. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I still feel bad, you know, for alan because you know he doesn't have any family now you know what i mean like and you really didn't get any closure for him um in the last episode but i mean what are you gonna do right um i think he did say though that alan was actually going to live with brenda's family oh yeah 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 which he did say that it is a little surprising to me, mm -hmm. um, but I guess, you know, they seemed like, well, what would Jesus do? Right. Right. I mean, I mean they seem yeah. like a really like genuine family and mm -hmm. I'm sure forgiving. And so I, I, I can see, I can see them doing that, I guess. Like right. that does make sense to me, even though, I, you know, it's still a little, that would be really difficult. I yeah, think. that type of forgiveness. Right, right. So any final thoughts on this series? Phew, just scared as hell. <laughs> no, um, I, uh, I learned a lot watching this series. So um, yeah, it was eye-opening. Yeah, I definitely learned some things about, I guess, the history of Mormonism. I mean, I really mm -hmm. had no idea about anything, you know, like how it started, um, just the history. Um, and I definitely learned some things, you know, in that regard about it, um, if it is true. <laughs> I think that's the only thing, you know, it's like, well, is this accurate or right it has this been changed in any way mm -hmm. but yeah i think it also just made me think about like faith and how people use their faith and using it to the highest how, good or how you can use it 
for evil and mm-hmm. um, just made me think about some things like that. Well, and, and the whole judgment of faith too, like is, is my faith better than yours because I do A, B, and C and you do X, Y, and Z. So, yeah. Right. There was a scene in the series with one of the like higher ups in the church that came to see Jeb and Alan mm-hmm. at the jail. Oh, when he, he, when he brushed off his pants, like, yeah, like his feet. Yeah. And, uh-huh. um, you know, it was this whole thing also between like, as a member of the church, do you protect the church and what it stands for? Or do you do your job as a detective? Like that was also a theme in this series that Jeb was like having to deal with. And it seemed like mm-hmm. everyone in the church thought that he should essentially be loyal to the church. Right. Talk about moral compass. Right. right. Instead of like essentially doing the right thing and finding mm-hmm. out who did this to Brenda. Right. And so, yeah, I think there were just a lot of moments where you would stop and think about things you know, from this series, just in your own life, or, you know, I think faith is just a topic that, I mean, so many people have opinions about, and, you know, there's just so many belief systems and just how do you live with people of different faiths? How do you talk to one another? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like people should be able to believe what they want to believe but I do get irritated whenever I feel like someone is trying to tell me that my beliefs are not correct or, you know, I should believe what they believe. Right. I think everyone's trying, I mean, in their own way, um, even if you say you're an atheist and you don't believe in God or you don't believe in a higher power, I think, you know, everyone's trying to get closer to God in their own way and everyone has different paths. Um, so to judge that a person's path might be different than yours. Um, yeah, it's irritating because everybody has their own way. Well, and some people see, I mean, even, yeah, like you said, see God differently. So for some people it's nature, right? And there mm-hmm. was a little bit of that in the show about um, Bill saying, you know, just look out here. I mean, can you just appreciate essentially being here and being in the now and seeing this, like, you know, this is like pretty miraculous, like this landscape, right. And there's like the beauty that's around you just like appreciate that for now. Um, yeah. So we definitely all have different ideas about what that is. Well, we'd love to hear what you all thought of either of these series finales yeah email us at like one more episode at gmail.com or throw us a shout at instagram so i don't know what we're gonna watch next um yeah we need to figure that one out yeah i feel like some of the shows we were talking about you know haven't really yeah come um, yeah aren't what we thought they might be um so i don't know maybe we'll take a week off and sort of figure out what we want to watch next um we're definitely going to watch 
the new Game of Thrones prequel. Oh yeah. In August. Yes. I think that'll be a good one. Mm-hmm. We'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us and we'll be back. We'll see you on the flip side. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Bye. Bye. This has been a Caroline Home Production.